2: From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey ad.
1: Robert and I, after a you know, series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And uh, for me, this is a day of um, you know gratitude and celebration. So much for that. Literally one day of gratitude and celebration. Now we're on to burying his still warm body under the ground.
3: Still more than I expected.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's fair. I didn't even expect Bill to go up there, but he probably had to go up there. It was probably prearranged, predetermined, worked out between he and Kraft, so he gets his money.
3: Do you think they wrote that in his contract that they set up last year?
1: Uh, Not in the contract, (laughs) but maybe in the severance. You know, Maybe in the agreement where, hey, we're breaking the contract and you're going to move on and we're not going to hold you to... Any compensation? Maybe that. Sure. Uh, I now hear this ending from Robert Kraft a little different, too. Can I play this quickly, and then we'll get into details from one prominent one from Reese I really do want to get to, and we'll focus more on some of this Wickersham stuff here in hour number two of Jones and Mega with Arcan. This is the ending of yesterday's back-to-back statements from Bill and Kraft before Kraft took full Q&A at 2 o'clock. This is the end of it.
3: I thank Coach Bill for his hard work and dedication. It'll be difficult to see him in a cut-off hoodie on the sideline, but I will always continue to wish him continued success, except when he's playing our beloved Patriots. (laughs) So I thank you all for coming here today and being part of this uh, celebration. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. He's got a cold, so
4: I'm not going to kiss him. I bet you're not. Single tear rolls down Bill's
1: cheek. I bet I bet there's no smooch from Kraft when things are as contentious as they are. So it was a nice moment yesterday, uh, but that's all done. And who knows? Maybe it was still sick Bill. He doesn't want to get sick. Or maybe uh, Bill, uh, Robert knows, rather. Don't even think about leaning in for your photo op and giving me a smooch on the cheek.
3: Because that's so Bill.
1: Okay, well, that's Bill anyway, but especially with some of this going on. So, ready, I read Reese yesterday, and I'm kicking myself. I had this open all-show yesterday, and I was too lazy to read it. There was a bunch going on, and I should have read it. And it was sitting here open, and I would have got to it yesterday. Uh, as Coach Bill Belichick was turning to the corner office in the AFC Coach's Media Breakfast at the owners' meetings, an annual tradition he generally loathes, like many things, a Patriots staff member handed him a square blue pin. Belichick pinned it to his pink and gray checkered dress shirt, but in a most unusual spot, more than halfway down the left side by his ribs. You remember this? We talked about this at the time.
3: Yeah, it was very strange.
1: Bill with his odd pin placement (laughs) at the coaches' meetings um, last, does it say last January or whatever it was. Deep into the interview, Bill was asked about the pin. Quote, it's Mr. Kraft's initiative, Belichick responded, speaking of Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Your thoughts on the initiative, Bill? Quote, I support it, Bill answered. Like many things, now this is Reese writing, Involving Belichick, his intentions are a mystery. A few hours after the breakfast with Belichick, Kraft stood proudly outside in the Arizona heat with reporters circling around him in the blazing southwest sunshine, providing a picturesque backdrop. He had the same blue pin affixed on the left side of his light blue dress shirt, easily visible between the second and third buttons, not far from the RKK initials, embroidered slightly below it. So Ooh, in, other words, in other words, not halfway down his gut like Bill. Our kid's jealous of that monogram. Uh, it's very true. Nice. Uh, before Kraft fielded questions, he spoke passionately about the meaning behind the pin, announcing this was the day he was kicking off a campaign uh, campaign to combat anti-Semitism, which, I mean, obviously, we know what's gone on in the world since then. And so, you know, I'd imagine Kraft feeling strong about it at the time is one thing. I f- I'm sure he feels even stronger about it now. Kraft, who invested more than $100 million in the initiative, said fighting this hate will be the most meaningful and fulfilling action of my life. And Bill pins it down by his underwear. In the championship years, Reese writes, it was seldom considered how Belichick's outside-the-box actions, such as what he did with the blue square pin, reflected his relationship with Kraft, but as the losses started to pile up in recent years, every interaction, team decision, and news release was scrutinized through that lens. Quote, one team source who witnessed interactions between Belichick and Kraft said, I don't know what happened to that relationship, but it doesn't seem to be in as great of a place as it used to be. I'll say, so that was a moment in time as an example of the friction between Kraft and Belichick and the outright, you know, thumbing your nose at your your boss. And that's
3: Mike Reese. He's not a hot take artist.
1: No. I mean, you know, uh, he's getting ownership side out, though. So I would I would tell you this probably isn't Bill's view on that. Or maybe yeah, it is. Yeah, doing all right. But it's, it's Bill thumbing his nose at Robert, who, again, it is, uh, what did he say? The most important uh fighting this hate will be the most meaningful and fulfilling action of my life.
3: Well, do you get what I'm saying? That's not Mike Reese just sitting there and uh picking something something up and no, lobbing I, it out there I agree. like thoughtlessly. That's I agree. not the way that he goes
1: about things. No, I don't think so. I mean I think he got over. So it you on might be
3: f- sitting there going, Who cares where he put the pin? Well, clearly it mattered to ownership.
1: Robert cared. Exactly. Pin gate. <laughs> There's been lots of
4: gates. Uh but yeah, that one was that one was one that I sort of looked at and thought, huh, well that's that's an interesting little anecdote that may have, you know, been something that ran a lot of these things sort of built up over time. And that was maybe one of them. But it seems you wouldn't you wouldn't just isolate that and report on it if it wasn't significant. You know, that does sort of seem like a small little, I don't know, microaggression or okay. whatever. But like it's
1: it's, but a, it's lot, micro-aggressions a lot of those things over
3: happen. 25 years. Exactly. You know? yeah. I
1: think so. I think Reese's point is fair. He says in the championship years, it was seldom considered how Bill's outside the box actions uh, affected his relationship with Kraft. In other words, if they were winning 12 games, this would bother Robert, but he wouldn't fire him yeah, over he'd it. he'd move on. And I don't think he fired him over this, but it's another example of Bill didn't respect him and Kraft was getting tired well, of it. And when you, their... win, when you win four games, I'm not going to put up with yeah. it anymore.
3: Where was their relationship at this point? Bingo. This was something that on the other side of the hotel, Kraft is standing and saying is the most meaningful thing he'll do in his life. And Bill's putting it down on his gut,
1: literally. Correct. So, just know, this wasn't the only place this appeared. This appeared, appeared in Chad Grass' story in The Athletic as well. So, again, it bothered ownership. You can debate the merits of whether or not that's why they fired him. I'm sure that's not why they fired him. But it was another reason on the list. And one thing you can't argue with is that they clearly want that out there. That that pissed them off and they're not happy about it. Uh, meanwhile, here's Seth Wickersham. Some details. And I worked through these earlier. Let's keep working through them, mego if you want.
3: I will say... um, Arcan, when you got that W E E I pin from Mike Thomas,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and you put it down on Pinned your it pants. On my ass. Yeah, yeah you was... put it on your pants. Yeah. He didn't like that. Not
1: very respectful. No, 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 no. Not a thing that uh, anybody would like very much. Well, no one told me where to put it.
3: So. <laughs> uh, you put it on your favorite part. Let me tell so. you,
1: I'm sure. I'm sure with all these stories coming out, uh, Bill will tell Robert where to put it based on these stories. <laughs> uh, "Quote," Bill told me he couldn't play anymore. Crass said privately afterward. When Brady won the Super Bowl in 2021, and then he goes out and wins the effing Super Bowl. (laughs) This is the best. Okay, so more on Brady. Belichick had sent clear signals internally. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was on Bill coaching his final games. From 2006 to 2013, rather, the Patriots plateaued at the highest level, losing Super Bowls in the final minute to the Giants, and the relationships began to fray. Belichick internally discussed trading Brady and talking openly to associates about wanting to win a Super Bowl without him. Did you get those years again? 2006 to 2013, that that almost decade where they weren't winning Super Bowls, Bill is talking about trading Brady then and wanting to win without him. Oh, man. Kraft trying to manage the two of them, trying to do what Jerry Jones couldn't and keep the dynasty together, struck a quiet deal with Brady in 2010. 2010! That if Belichick ever decided to move on from him, he would give the quarterback a say in his next destination, which is probably why Kraft said he wouldn't franchise him. During another contract impasse in 2013, 2013, Robert Kraft flew with Brady from Boston to L.A. A deal was reached, but sources said Jonathan Kraft created an urgency for his dad to be more involved. Hmm. A year later, in 2014, Belichick provided Kraft with a study detailing how even the greatest quarterbacks drop off in their mid 30s. And in the draft, authored by Bill Belichick, (laughs) and in the draft took Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round setting him up to succeed Brady. So this is just throwing Bill under the bus for the Brady decision, which Bill didn't want him, but, hey, Robert, Earth to Robert, you could have worked out an elegant solution like you did in 2010 and 2013 and everything. Like You could have stuck by him in 2019, yeah. and you chose not to. You so, chose Bill. We all know, well, that too, but right. we all know Bill was done with Brady. I'm surprised it was as early as it was. We all know Bill was done with Brady. Robert, you have to take blame in him leaving in 2019. You can't escape that.
3: Absolutely, but then it also goes on to say, just really quickly, that Brady turned to a friend and trainer, Alex Guerrero, oh, yeah. and an obsessive anti-aging regimen to prove Belichick's study wrong. So Belichick's study that he gives to Kraft, basically born out of that, is Brady and Guerrero's relationship in the TB12 method. I
1: am the fire. I am the fire. I Belichick created Queens a monster. Boulevard. No, he did. He did. And like people who are like, "Oh, Bill did it to motivate Brady." <laughs> Nonsense. No. Nonsense. He no, wanted to be d-
3: ma- Brady is just like that.
1: He wanted to be done with Brady. Thank you. After the 3rd Super Bowl, it sounds like I he was, wanted to be done with. It's him. just classic like, "Let's give Bill credit for everything." And like, I don't want to go full Robert Kraft and rip the crap out of Bill. I do that plenty. But, you know, I, it's full just like, "Oh, well, Bill knew what he was doing by drafting Garoppolo." No, he didn't. Garoppolo stinks. He's always hurt, and he had no idea he was going to motivate Brady. He but, thought Brady was done. Going back to 2006.
3: But it does also then go to, you know, how much Bill, then years later, hated having Guerrero around, hated having oh, yeah, and his other sure. players working out with Guerrero. For sure. And it's like, did he go into the TB12 gym once and there's just like a giant plastered poster of the study on the wall? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe. Like how Mac Jones is putting on seven or eight pounds this offseason. <laughs> just hate working out. Maybe. So yeah, you wonder where all the, uh, the dirt on Guerrero started to leak out. Maybe you can uh, do the math. That was Tom Brady's like um, where Eagles that uh, victory parade. <laughs> Remember when
4: Bill put the victory parade out, where the Eagles oh, were going to be going in their victory parade? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes, yes this yes. is basically that for Tom
1: Brady. Um, so the I'm going to study. Sk- sk- I'm going to skip over because some because of
3: this-, of this study. Tom doesn't eat strawberries anymore. <laughs> yeah. That is how weird this is. So
1: I'm going to skip over Brady's return and stuff because I don't know how relevant it was. When I was reading it, I was uh, I was very interested in it. I don't know how relevant that remains. Um but you do start to see this story being painted and again, just yesterday we're like, Boy, what a nice moment for Bill. And now you get this today from Robert Kraft. Uh which we said at the time. Beep, beep,
4: that's no, the truck backing
1: up. No way it was amicable and mutual. No chance. There
4: was way too much leaking going on all of throughout the season thank for you. anybody Ew, to expect you, Ar- this to be. Well, listen, I mean, you, Ar- we're, we all saw it. Thank we you. all <laughs> saw the leakage. A lot of leakage. Know, there was a ton of le- There's no reason why anybody should have thought that this wouldn't happen.
1: More details from the Wickersham story, Mike Reese, Burt Breer, all of that with your phone calls, 617-779-7937. Arkan with the latest here on Trending, and we're right back. Uh, after the game, uh, Bill, Christian Barmore and Dietrich Wise each uh, praised Gerard Mayo um, for... Helping the defense out. What, what can you speak on with uh, Gerard Mayo's job this year, uh, coaching the defense uh, for you guys? Yeah, I think all of our defensive coaches have done a done a really good job. Um, you know, collectively they they work together. It's hard to single anybody out uh, because they work so well together as a uh, as a total group. Um, and but they're overall the the players, the coaches, and you know, got a good chemistry and a good. Um you know, battle through some tough situations,
4: um, you know, with a great mindset and you know I think all those coaches deserve, you know, their share of the credit on that.
1: Bill, not gonna give Gerard Mayo any credit on the Greg Hill show. Is that last week? I forget the dates. Two weeks ago? I don't remember anymore. It had
3: to be like two weeks ago.
1: It was ago. very recent. That was the first day we were all back. January second, thank you. So hey, Mayo's done a nice job, right? Bill didn't take that bait. Good angle uh, by the Greg Hill Show, but uh, wasn't going to answer that. Yeah, no, I think we got a lot of good coaches on our staff. Not just this guy who's going to try to take over for me, this ungrateful bastard taking over for me.
3: You uh, think You think Bill knew about the clause in the contract?
1: Um, I'm not sure about that, but I think he knew Draw Mayo was going to be the next guy, and it's clear from the Wickersham story, Bill knew for a while he was out. Uh, we'll get to your phone call, 617 779 it's Jones and Mego, here on WEEI with Arkin. Uh, I want to get into a few Mac Jones items. Mac Jones is prominent in the Wickersham story. There's some interesting reporting in there. Phil Perry has had some interesting reporting on Mac as well. The QB decision looms. How do you fix that? And what did they learn from Mac Jones? We'll get to that coming up. But just real quick, I just read a detail from Florio on Pro Football Talk on Mayo's contract. You ready for this? I had not seen this. I, I didn't present it to you guys. Before. Mayo I'm is li-
3: also going to Kansas. I Go on, and
1: dumbass, and do it. I literally just read this. He says it's smart for the Patriots to move on to Mayo so quickly, which I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you want to do a coaching interview, a process? You ready for why not? Money. If the powers that be had waited too long to activate the clause in Mayo's contract, it could have become too late to do so as soon as Monday. If the Patriots had not elevated Mayo, he would have received a predetermined buyout Oh my god. per a source with knowledge. Thank you, Ryan. That was my, oh my reaction. God. Per a source with general knowledge of the procedure, the buyout would not have been subject to offset language.
3: Hold on a second. Does anyone know who Mayo's agent is? Let me just Google. Well, I keep... would like to know what, how he's negotiating okay. I see. Got it,
1: got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, it would have been a cash payout to Mayo as the alternative to giving him a job. Instead, he got the job quickly. And he goes on to make the point he has a difficult task. So the reason Kraft isn't doing a search is money. Because last January, he negotiated a buyout, or Mayo, to your point, Mego, his agent, negotiated a buyout in his contract.
3: It's the kind of detail that I'd rather not know if I'm a fan.
1: That's awful. I feel terrible about free agents. That's awful. So last January, Robert says, yeah, 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 we got a two-year plan in our heads. It's not going to fall off that much. Maybe we miss the playoffs and we're an eight-win team and we'll go to Gerard Mayo. And, hey, Gerard, you know what? We'll negotiate a buyout. This will bring you back. You don't have to take a title so you can go for a lateral job. This will bring you back. And on the first day of the new league year, Florio says Monday, or not the new league year, but just after Black Monday, if we don't move on quickly, which again tells you how predetermined and and long thought out this was, then you have a buyout. And there's no offset language, okay? So it's not, oh, well, we owe you a million dollars, but if you go somewhere else and you're the head coach and it's $10 you know, we're only on the hook for a small chunk of that. No, 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 no. No offset language. It is a cash payment to Mayo, whatever it was according to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. (laughs) So it's money. So the reason you won't do a a, a, a rigorous coaching search is money, according to Florio. So
3: on the one hand, I feel less confident about how confident – the crafts are in mayo because it seems like they just don't want to spend yep. extra money yep. on the other hand i feel more confident in mayo the guy or at least who his agent is well, that he's surrounding no. himself with the right people because no. either way he gets his money
1: confident in his agent I, look i already hated it so i'm not going to update my uh my answer here in our big question of the day it's up now at jones and Mego. almost a thousand votes continue to vote there i hate it only 10 percent of you agree with me Mego, i'm going to give you the chance to revise given this update i like it you still like it
3: i like Ger- gerard more now that's Why? A, because he negotiated, he, he didn't he negotiate
1: ha- anything. He just pays an agent who negotiated for him. What do you mean?
3: Okay. The agent works for him. He has good judgment.
1: I guess.
4: Arkan, you changing your, your mind? No, not really. And I don't think that this necessarily uh, takes away from their belief in Mayo. I think this is something you set up. If you're very confident in Gerard Mayo and you know that he's the guy that you want next. I know that they
1: okay, but that set was it a year up ago. to be
4: advantageous for him, but yeah,
1: that was a year ago. Right. And so even if you like him, how do you, how do you even know what's good? Like, honestly, Robert, how do you even know what's good? You're like, oh boy, this is just. I mean, no one has a higher ceiling than than Mayo. Wasn't that the line that Callahan's been spewing now for the last month or so that he said at the owners? So I'm
3: not going to go that far.
1: Like- yeah, okay, but that's what he said. He said no one. He's got a, an unlimited ceiling or something like that. How do you know? How do you know? You only know the people who have walked through your building over the last 25 years. How do you have any idea? You haven't talked to him. You haven't interviewed him. You're locked into a buyout for Mayo, so you're just going to keep him instead of doing a search because you don't want to pay Mayo some money to go away. I get not wanting to lose him. But, like, that's pathetic. That's from Mike Florio, the latest detail there. Where do you want to go with Wickersham? I was planning on going to some uh, Mac Jones stuff. Do you want to go that direction? Do you want to go a different direction, Mac?
3: Let's go into some Mac stuff. Let's talk about some recent stuff since we spent so much Brady time.
1: Just real quick, uh, because I just said it. Belichick had sent clear signals internally for weeks. He thought he was coaching his final games for the Patriots. He also made it clear he was ready to move on, so he was done too, telling confidants that Robert Kraft and his son – Jonathan Kraft, who's cited a lot in this story, I'm going to add, had eroded the culture he had built over two decades.
4: I was going to say, not great stuff about Jonathan in there either. Did you hear that?
1: They eroded the culture he built. Yeah. Okay. Maybe
3: starting back in 2013 when Jonathan's telling his dad, hey, you know, you should be more involved here, especially what's going on with Brady.
1: Jonathan is in that story a lot. And yes, uh, that's another area where he's involved. Uh, We're going to get to more on Mac Jones. Don't you worry. So, uh, again, if you thought this was recent, Bill thought he was done. Bill wanted to be done. He suspected he was done for a while. And uh, another thing I won't read you now, but Mike Reese wrote last night, if I'm remembering off the top of my head, it was Reese. craft, uh, the crafts weren't at either road game in Pittsburgh or Denver, which one game, you miss one game, that gets an antenna up. No one ever remembered them missing two consecutive road games in their ownership tenure.
3: Is that why they won?
1: Well, maybe, but that was also, <laughs> that was a message to Bill. That, that's why they didn't show up.
3: Thanks a lot, Super Jinx. It was, a,
1: it was a message to Bill. Since I referenced it, why don't I try to find it so I actually uh, get it properly here. Uh, Players also took note that Kraft was not in Denver after missing the Steelers game. Uh, some, long time, uh, some with long-time ties to the franchise noted it was unusual for Kraft to miss a road game, but to longtime Patriots media members, two in a row seem unprecedented sparking speculation that perhaps he was sending a subtle message to the tunnel vision Belichick. Like, hey, Bill, Earth to Bill, if you're not getting the message, we're going to get your attention by skipping these games. Okay? Uh, so that was Mike Reese. Here is Seth Wickersham. And I want to play you some of Phil Perry's reporting coming up, too, because he had some interesting stuff. Uh, New England's record in their first three years after Brady left, you guys know this well, 7-9, and 10-7, 8-9. and seven, eight and, nine. and most of all, the way the team was trending downward caused the Crafts to assert themselves, Crafts plural, to assert themselves more in football operations. Uh, Then they cite a bunch of moves in in 2023, Mayo, O'Brien, and sticking with Mac. During off-season planning meetings, Belichick later told people in the building he raised the idea to the Crafts of trading quarterback Mac Jones. To which I say, I don't think that was very hard to figure out. I think that was pretty obvious. Uh, The Crafts had embraced Jones after he was drafted in the first round in 2021 hoping to build something close to a Brady-like relationship with him. Aww. And what does that mean? Does that mean, like, close to him, or does that mean, like, business relationship? Because they were in business with Mac, too. Probably nope. both. Noble and everything else. And, they were in business and with Mac. like
3: a son. That's how he always wanted his quarterbacks to be.
1: Yeah, and, you know, making him money. Uh, Jones played well as a rookie under then-coordinator McDaniels and regressed in 2022 under Belichick's pack, patchwork, off, patchwork offensive line. Blah. You got it. Ownership argued against trading him. Again, I thought Robert just told us yesterday, Arcan, that it was all up to Bill and all moves were up to Bill. Yeah, no, he doesn't do anything. Huh, ownership argued against training him. So then what, Bill's going to trade him anyway? Like, who in their right mind would do that? Your boss says, don't you dare do that, and then you do it? Come on. And uh, then, uh, then I mean, meetings, I just
3: keep in mind, also around this time, or at least a month later, then we get the phone from Robert going... Guess who's texting Lamar? me? Yeah. Meek Mill says Lamar <laughs> wants to come here. Yeah,
1: and never mind. Bill knows that Gerard Mayo is the heir apparent and the coach in waiting. So, like, what? He's going to turn around and trade Mac when ownership says, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea? Of course not. So it was so fraudulent by Robert yesterday to say it's all up to Bill.
4: Sure, although I wouldn't think that, you know, that would be the first time that Bill ever defied something Robert Kraft wanted him to do, just, you know, in no. fairness. No, okay, but but again.
1: Something that big, I mean. Coming off three Super Bowls in four years, maybe Bill could do whatever he wanted. Right. Coming off an eight-win season with Patricia and Judge. And Gerard Mayo looking over his shoulder? Probably not. Uh, they argued against trading him, wanting to see what Jones could do with Bill O'Brien calling plays, which this past week they denied, saying through a team spokesperson. A hmm. couple of denials in this story. Hmm. Uh, but they deny that they shot down the idea of trading Mac, which I don't believe. Belichick technically could have traded Jones, but he ceded to his bosses. Longtime observers of the Patriots noticed a disconnect in training camp when Belichick's news conferences almost went out of his way to not compliment Jones. We talked about that at the time. He had already been uh, in a strange offseason, and at one point Belichick and Kraft publicly needled each other over the team's cash spending. We detailed that at the time. Uh, Once again, it was coming down to each man's view of the game's most vital position. Uh, Quote, I'm going to do what I need to do to get my quarterback the right people, Kraft told a confidant. And then he didn't. Well, that, so he went out and he got uh, O'Brien and he got rid of Patricia and Judge. And uh, you're right. He completely did not. Uh, so thoughts there. I mean, he tried, but he didn't. No, no. Yeah. He, he, he attempted to do it. He yeah. just screwed it up. Uh, any more thoughts before we move on with more Mac Jones stuff?
3: Keep going. It's what kay. I say.
1: Uh, local reporters asked Belichick and O'Brien whether Jones would be benched. I mean, this other
3: is, than we told you all this. Yeah, Keep going.
1: Right. Uh, no, it was obvious at the time. Local reporters asked Belichick and O'Brien whether Jones would be benched. Uh, this is late in the season. Belichick left him in games even when it was clear the quarterback was losing confidence. A confidant of Belichick said, and that's important, an F you to craft. Mego, you read this earlier in the show.
3: This is the most satisfying part of the piece to me. Because I said weeks ago, I, all I want to know, and I don't want to put anyone out there, but after the Callahan piece came out, which was very good, very well reported locally in the Boston Herald, him and Doug Kide talking about the offense falling apart. The, big, the only question I had left was, why did they keep putting Mac out there when he was so clearly lost in his own head every time he took a snap, every single time? And now you see... It according to this source, uh, talking to Seth Wickersham, according is,
1: to Bella Belichick side of the story too.
3: It was just a total f you.
1: Yeah. So I, I this had, is
3: your golden boy.
1: I had surmised that Kraft said you're not benching him. I had it backwards. I mean, I, I, if it was just a random source, I might stick to my guns. But it's a Belichick confidant said this was an f you to Kraft. This Which is your guy. You don't want me to trade him. Screw you. I'll leave him in these games. I'll let him twist in the wind. Why don't you listen to your fan base about how sucky this quarterback is? It's an F you to craft. Why don't you way? listen to Zeke?
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Our Zeke, by the way, not, not Zeke Elliott. Super
3: <laughs> cruel. I mean, look, Mac should play his way out of that, but he was clearly a mess. Yeah. That's that's cruel.
1: Okay, but it wasn't about Mac. It was about, hey, Robert. I know,
3: but Mac is a pawn in that, and he's the one who looks like a dummy huh? getting beat up on by all the don't New England suck. fans. Don't suck. That's what I'm saying. You should play his way out of it, but he was a head case.
1: Okay. Uh, again, hey, Robert, don't meddle in my business. I know football, you don't. I created the culture here, you guys screwed it up, is again the tone of this. The interesting thing about this
4: particular part is that it says earlier that it was Belichick's idea to, gr- to draft Mac in the first place, that he's the one who came to Robert about it and said, hey, you know, there's this kid in the Alabama, he might be available at 15. Yeah,
3: but then he wanted to trade him.
4: Then he wanted to trade him, that's true, but it's just sort of funny how it started with, because we all no. sort of thought, well, okay. Kraft's the one who made him draft okay. uh, Mac, and that's well, not true. Well, we're
1: going to get the Phil's reporting on that right. in a moment, but... I believe Bill liked Mac initially. He might have drafted him earlier so too, than he yeah. wanted to, but but the Patricia and Judge thing, Mac was dead to him. The whole like calling out the coaching and questioning Bill, he was dead to him. That's when he Bill might have liked him as a draft prospect. He didn't like him after that. You can almost find the
0: exact moment it happened because the July going into the offseason last year, he had all these glowing remarks to say about Mac Jones. And then camp started and he started to work. Mac Jones started to work with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And Bill Belichick clearly took
1: the side of his coaches over his quarterback. I mean, not to beat this into the ground, but Mac was never on board. Never was never on board. And Bill resented that. And Mac resented him for it. Uh, Kraft remained mostly silent publicly, not speaking to reporters at October's league meetings about the state of the team, but his ideas of how to replace Belichick started to leak. Trading for then-Titans coach Mike Vrabel was on the table, even if a long shot. It was reported in the Globe at the time. Uh, After that, there was an NFL media report, seemingly from Belichick's side, that he had seemingly from Belichick's side, which I don't agree with. Didn't we all think it was from ownership side? Yeah. So he says seemingly from Belichick's side, like that was the idea at the time that Bill was under contract. We all thought that was ownership at the time. Uh, That he had signed a lucrative multi-year contract. Both men appeared to be leaking against each other. (laughs) As the season... I'm sorry, Bill, what was that? Yeah, that's right. You guys were leaking against each other. Cool.
4: It's got to be a better way to say it. It has to (laughs) be. It's
1: obvious. Let's get Wickersham a tape recorder. As the season neared its halfway point, (laughs) New England lost to Dallas and New Orleans in consecutive weeks by a combined score of 72-3. to Jonathan Kraft was as involved as ever. There's Jonathan's name again hammering Belichick behind the scenes about personnel decisions as if slowly building a case to remove the coach. Quote, he's been brutal, Belichick told a friend. Jonathan was brutal in going after Bill, seemingly trying to get him removed from a job. Uh, There was another line in here, just because we're talking about Jonathan. Where was it? Going back to 2002 that he wanted him out, if I can find it. Here you go. Word leaked around the office that uh, if Belichick were gone in 2024 football operations would be split between Jonathan Kraft and Robin Glazer. That's not it. I'll find it. I'll get it for you. Uh, in the meantime, let's hear more from Phil Perry and his reporting on the quarterback situation. Uh, what he understands as the initial Mac Jones pick. Who who wanted him, Kraft or Belichick?
2: Yes, Bill Belichick did decide to draft Mac Jones. It was not Robert Kraft saying to Bill Belichick, we need a quarterback, we need one now, and there's one left who looks like he could be a first-round caliber kind of player, and so you need to take him. No. That didn't happen. That's my understanding. I've spoken to multiple sources who were in the room that night, the night of the first round in 2021. Everybody's masked up in there. And if you're a hardcore Patriots fan, you probably remember the video that was published that night by the team where Bill Belichick huddles up. Dave Ziegler was the director of player personnel at that point in time. Elliot Wolf, Matt Groh. You okay with this? Are we okay with this? Are we okay with this? Then he doubles back and he goes to Matt Groh. Matt, Matt Groh. Because Matt Patricia was also in the room. Matt Groh, are you okay with this? And he looks up from his laptop and sort of nods in Bill's direction. Why is he asking me this? There were, there were a lot of people that were involved in Bill Belichick's ultimate decision there. And a lot of people he um, consulted. But Robert Kraft wasn't one of them. And okay, so his opinion wh- was not shared in that moment is my understanding.
1: That's Robert not only separating himself from the Brady decision, but also the Mac decision which I don't totally buy. Um, You know, Was Robert there in that moment making the pick? No. But did Bill know that they had to clean up the quarterback spot? Yes. And Phil goes on to elaborate about that. Uh, This is Kraft's involvement, as Phil understands.
2: What I was told, as far as Robert Kraft's involvement, was, quote, Robert had nothing to do with it. Now, does that mean that Bill Belichick was all in and fully sold on Mac Jones? My understanding is, no, he wasn't. But there was almost a reluctant acceptance of the fact that the Patriots badly needed a quarterback and that Mac Jones was good enough. They viewed him almost as an Andy Dalton type. Mm -hmm. Can he be Andy Dalton, what Andy Dalton was in his prime? And if he is, is he not worthy of the 15 overall pick? Because they were in, the word that was used to me by one person was quarterback purgatory at the time. Mm. You don't take your shots on the quarterback position, you're never going to hit. And, and that's, so Bill Belichick, while he looked at Mac Jones and, and thought he was a good enough player, did his grade quite meet the spot where they were in the draft? Was he fully all in him? Did he want to trade up for him potentially? No, that's, that's my understanding, is he didn't feel that strongly about Mac Jones, but he understood where they were as an organization, what they needed, and they thought Mac Jones was good enough. And so they all ultimately came to that decision, and Bill Belichick was the one who ultimately pulled the trigger.
1: Okay, so that last part to me is telling. He knew where they were at as an organization. Like, I better find a quarterback quick. Where do you think he got that message from? To me, that that was Robert's involvement.
3: Yeah, and if you remember how they were coming off of that Cam year, look, like he had re-signed Cam, and there was a collective groan from the entire fan base that I'm sure he wasn't deaf to. So I, I think there were probably a lot of outside forces that were either intentionally or just the nature of things influencing Bill Belichick's decision. Honestly, I also still don't feel like taking a shot at a quarterback in a high highly in the draft is like such a terrible idea. You have to take your shot,
1: yeah, no, you take your shot. But when the guy stinks, we're now all trying to push blame. So just know, Arkin. Robert is trying to shift blame from the Brady decision and also the Mac Jones selection, which mm-hmm. just neither one smells totally right.
4: Yeah, and I think that's probably true. I mean, you know, there's there's one way to look at it, which is Robert Kraft medals all the time and that he's always saying do this, do this, do this, and that Bill has to constantly, you know, either kowtow to him or take a stand in certain instances. But I think when it comes to big-picture stuff like this, when it comes to, you know, the quarterback, yeah, Robert might have said, hey, you know, maybe it's time to get a quarterback. I don't think he would – like, I believe this, that he wasn't in there saying, I think you should get Mac Jones. No,
1: and I feel that way too. I, wouldn't he say trade up and get one of the, you know, other ones? like. I feel that way, too. It's like he he wasn't saying you have to take Mac. I love Mac, but we need a quarterback. And Bill goes, all right, I'm going to reach for I think Mac's got a second-round grade, a late first-round grade, but I'll take him at 15. And all, all I know is that it might be Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is that is a real slap in the Dream face. Big! A real slap in the face. To Andy Dalton is who that's a slap in the face to, not
4: Mac. That first year, he kind of was. I mean, you know, sort of a whatever Pro Bowl selection. Like, that's Andy Dalton to a T.
1: Then there. Let's hurt.
2: have some fun and play together.
1: Is that is that Andy? It's the red rifle right there? Well, I didn't know that. Uh, Let's
2: have some fun and play together. So, Win on three. One, two, three. So look.
4: That's so wholesome.
1: I just, Robert can't brag about an elegant solution and keeping Gronk and keeping Brady all these years and then turn around and say he wasn't responsible for any personnel. That's all I'm telling you. And trust me, between Reese and Breer and Wickersham, he is trying to distance himself from those quarterback decisions. 617-779-7937. It's been a minute since we got to your phone calls. A lot of you waiting patiently. Continue to weigh in on... Well, the turmoil in New England, Gerard Mayo replacing Bill Belichick. How do you feel about it? Uh, You can jump in on the phones there. We will get, by the way, another parody song, Mego, from the mind of Ryan Garvin.
3: Ooh. Can we get any preview of what what it is? Well, I was going to say,
1: I haven't heard it. I know it's about Bill Belichick and a potential destination, right? Am I giving away too much? No, that's that's a good amount. Okay. So stay tuned.
0: Think about all the places that Bill Belichick has been rumored to go to. Ooh. Okay.
1: Well, let's let's rack our Is brains on that. Is this going to be
3: like a yin-yang twins type thing? Let's find Luda out. Krish.
1: Let's find out. It's a parody song. Jermaine Dupri. From the mind of Ryan Garvin with all your phone calls next. Two on one. Stone. Yeah. Just like practice. Bruins lose three. Huh, 46 seconds Indo. Sudden death, overtime, 2-1 Yeah, just a mental lapse here Don't like this here by David Post Okay, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the Bruins just like we didn't spend a lot of time on the Celtics Too much going on They lose again in overtime They get a point But another failed victory Postronak asleep in overtime uh, Swing was good Swainman was quite good. Yes, that was was nice to see, especially against a team like Vegas. Pasternak asleep in overtime. Monty was pissed after the game, uh, you know, through gritted teeth. Yeah, I think we had a miscommunication between our two players, a.k.a. Pasternak fell asleep and didn't know what he was doing.
3: Maybe he was also trying to do his best Belichick.
1: Maybe. Uh, This is relevant to Belichick, though. Bruce Cassidy after the game. You read this quote? I love to beat the Bruins, said Bruce Cassidy, who coached in Boston for six years. Good. And I'll add, Brought the Stanley Cup to the Cape last summer? Talk your crap, Bruce Cassidy. (laughs) A big piece of my heart will always be with that organization. I've got friends on the other team, but it's always nice to beat the team that lets you go.
3: They have my heart. I have their balls.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So just look. I'm not real afraid of Bill going somewhere and winning and really embarrassing the organization. Like I think he's lost it. I mean... There's lines in that Wickersham story that Kraft thinks that the game has passed Bill by. I'd agree with that. He's 72, or he will be in April, so I'm not real worried about it. But Bruce Cassidy is talking that smack, Mego. If heaven forbid, if Bill goes to Atlanta or Dallas or something and beats the Patriots head to head, get get ready, get ready for a poop storm. He's going to kick up because that's that's mild mannered by comparison, Bruce Cassidy.
3: Yeah, that's right. To quote one Bill Belichick. <laughs>
1: 617 779 7937. Let's get to some phone calls. Thank you. uh, Before we get to a new parody song about Bill Belichick from the brilliant mind of Ryan Garvin, which may or may not, he told us off the air, may or may not be the greatest piece of production he has ever put together. In the history of radio. In the history of radio. I'm sorry. So he's upped it even more. He said the greatest piece of production he's ever put together, it is now the greatest Marconi. Marconi, six feet under. Open your ears up because this is this is going to be something. Way better in for. than me
4: burping La Cucaracha or whatever he plays
1: every Friday. <laughs> tequila, <laughs>
4: tequila. Let's yes, go to than
1: that. Let's go to Joe in Milton. Go ahead, Joe. Joe. Joe! I can hear you typing there, Joe. We oh, know you're there. Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe. Maybe
3: you, his boss walked over.
1: Pop you back on hold. Paul's in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. So. Through all the talk, i got to tell you, I really believe this. Jonathan is the one behind it all. From when Brady left to where we are now, I just think Robert's shielding Jonathan because eventually Jonathan's going to have the the team, Father Time, undefeated. And he just, I think he's the one who turned this into a train wreck. I really do. Okay, well, so that's not what he's trying to get out there because let it be known, uh, Jonathan is talking. And he's quoted a lot, or, or at least uh, referenced a lot, in the Wickersham story. But just know.
3: If Jonathan isn't talking, the people close to him are. Bingo.
1: And Jonathan denied through a spokesperson directly something in the story. But here's two things that came out in the Wickersham story. And just tell me how this makes Jonathan look. Jonathan lobbied his father to keep Brady in New England. He was and, like, he,
3: yeah, sorry, go ahead. No,
1: no. And Jonathan was also done with uh, Belichick last season.
3: He's like, remember the pin, Dad.
1: I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't. I that was not on the not on the Brady stuff, but maybe on the Belichick what stuff. What kind for of sure. place is that for a pin? <laughs> um, and Bill felt like Jonathan was really sabotaging him in the media. "Quote: He's been brutal," is what he said. Why can't I just had this other line highlighted from uh, Jonathan about uh, about moving on and Jonathan's denial and everything else? I had it highlighted in the last break, and I've lost it. All right, all right I will find it this time. I promise. But let's get into the mind of Ryan Garvin, the greatest production piece in the history of radio, uh, according to Ryan Garvin. Here he is on Bill and his next stop. Good start. I like it.
0: Bill Belichick went down to Georgia because he was looking for a team to heal. He was in a bond because he was way behind, so he had to make a deal. (laughs) He came across the man who was the owner of the Falcons, and Bill knew that he had a chance to stick it to those who doubt him. I'm sure you're well aware that no one's had success like me. You haven't had much relevance since it was 28-3. I'll have more success than guys who left like Dombrowski or Danny Ainge. Atlanta could be home for me, and I already like The Strange. <laughs> the boy said, My name's Arthur, and I'm actually 81 years old. And could you not talk about banging women? Also, that's a nasty cold. <coughs> let's stick it to, to Tom, Brady, Tom Brady, and let's sing it to the, the past. The South the is right for picking, pickin'. let's go kick him in the ass. They don't have Bronco Brady, but they do have Kyle Pitts. before you go, could you take your friggin' kids? <laughs>
4: All I heard was blah, 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 Matt Ryan, blah, 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 mobility. Well, not blah, 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 but...
0: Could we see Bill Belichick start his newest coach in chapter in the land that birthed Chris Tucker and some very crazy rappers? He's got no time for gadgets, just the tale that he'll be getting. And I told you once, you son of a bitch. There's no clock setting. run. <laughs> I was, I was just kidding, kidding. Don't bring your sons. Leave <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Joe, and all your proxies. Just bring yourself and lots of Oxy. <laughs> uh, Chandler.
4: Oh, how I miss you, Chandler. <laughs> I just wanna kiss Chandler. you, Chandler. Chandler. Yeah.
0: We'll do your song next. That's Bill Th- Thank you. Okay, let's finish it up. One, two, three,
3: four. <laughs> <coughs> He's got a cold, so I'm not going to kiss him. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Bravo! That was I, tremendous. Let me tell you. That was tremendous. I feel like I need to hear it like five times because I know There's I missed. There's a, a lot missed. in there, yeah. I missed like a quarter of the line.
4: <laughs>
1: the Chandler Jones interlude. Oh, so Bills. Great. Bills going to Atlanta. I, <laughs> Ryan, that was a lot. That was a lot of hype. I think it lived up to the hype. I think it maybe even exceeded the hype. Twitch chat is loving it. Although you know, there's some Ryan Simpson there, but I, I think it's valid. <laughs> I think it's valid. That was really. Funny. Bravo! One more time. Excellent. Very well done. Very well done. If you're not watching on Twitch, standing, standing standing <laughs> ovation for. Stephen,
0: Joe, and all your proxies. Just bring yourself in lots of. Oxy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, love it. All right. Well, that needs to live somewhere. We need to. Uh, we need to get that uh, isolated on its own. On the Odyssey app, so you can track that down. I enjoyed it. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Tremendous work, Ryan. Uh, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get it on your phone. It's free. It's easy. And you can hear stuff like that. How how long did that take you, Ryan? I was writing
0: that over the course of this entire week, and then uh, last night after the show, I sat down and recorded it, harmonized with myself a couple hours.
4: Yeah, the two uh, in the chorus. With him, he's got the two voices going, that yep. was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was really good. Uh, let's sing it
0: to Tom Brady and let's sing it to the past. The South is right for picking, let's go kick him in the ass. They don't have Bronco Brady, but they do have Kyle Pitts. Before you go, could you take your friggin' kids? I was
1: I gotta be honest, I was afraid of what Ryan was gonna rhyme with that. I was <laughs> I was not sure what he was gonna rhyme there when I heard that the first time. Uh, so good excellent word. Bravo. Bravo Very by well Ryan Garvin. Uh, 617-779-7937. We'll get back into uh, all your phone calls. More details here from Seth Wickersham. His latest on Bill Belichick. uh, Just in case you thought it was, uh, well, mutual and amicable, uh, that was just yesterday. That was for Thursday, uh, January 11th, because knives are out, guns are out, and uh, Robert Kraft is letting it be known he was done with Bill. Uh, More details on that next.